Something Something Dragons, Episode 8, Funeral for a Friend. Greetings, and welcome to the Something Something Dragons podcast, a part of the Untold Stories Project. This is our live play of the Carrion Crown Adventure Path for the first edition of Pathfinder from Paizo Publishing. I am your host and game master, Aaron. With me today are the Rainbow Squad. Say hello, <laughs> heroes. Hey. Hi. Hi. Oh. Wow. Before we get started... We'd like to remind our listeners that Carrion Crown is a horror adventure path, and while our heroes are able to stand up to the things that go bump in the night, this adventure does contain several disturbing themes, including torture, unjust imprisonment, death and undeath, and the supernatural. If those topics are disturbing to you, you might be happier taking in one of the other shows which are put forward by the Untold Stories Project. When last we saw our heroes, they had just made their way to the town of Ravengrow, where their friend and mentor, Professor Petros Loramore, was being laid to rest. After reuniting, with sadly little time for them to catch up, they began to take his body through the restlands for his burial. Partway through, the funeral procession was stopped by a group of miscreants and thugs who objected to Loramore being buried in the restlands, claiming that he was a necromancer. Loramore's daughter, Kendra, objected to this, and a fight ensued only being broken up when Father Grimsborough came upon the procession. There were fortunately no fatalities, although there were some injuries, and we now move to the gravesite. Let me get some background music playing. All of our background music is provided by Tabletop Audio as we catch up to the heroes. After dealing with the, uh, the thugs and miscreants and Father Grimsborough coming and healing everyone who was injured, uh, sending the the discontented farmers away along with Gibbs. Do I still have to pay them? I guess that's up to you. Do you wish to still pay them? Uh, I promised them all 20 gold, right? You did. And there were six of them who didn't? Right? There were six who stayed back and did not get involved in the fight. We'll give them all their 20 gold. Okay. I'm not about to be known as a liar. All right. So that's 120 gold from my money. That is 120 gold from your money. Wait. As she's pulling the gold out, um, Eklan comes over with 60 gold and shoves half her handful back in her bag. Thank you. Okay. Doesn't matter to him. <laughs> All right, so I gotta add 60 then. Oh, uh, thank you, Eklund. They They disperse. They go their separate ways. You guys go and pick the coffin back up and carry it over to where I have placed you all on the map at the gravesite for Professor Loramore. Natalia's in tears, I would like to add. Okay. This was her professor, bro. Eklund does not leave her side for the entire time, but... So as you're all gathered there, Father Grimsboro gets up in front of, or behind the grave, and uh, addresses the assembly. And he says, uh, friends and family, we gather this evening in the light of Phorasma's moon in the morning 
Yet, we also gather with gratitude. While we mourn the death of Petrus Lorimer, we are grateful for his life and his time among us. When we think of Petrus, we think of his greatness. We think of his place in history. We think of him as a man, as a teacher, as a colleague, and as a father. The professor was known across Galarian, and even in those places most divided by religious difference, cultural strangeness, or local politics, he was welcomed as a friend, an honored guest, and above all, as a learned mind. He was one of those rare souls who understood the importance of knowledge in all of its forms and sought it out for the sake of wisdom and learning, and not just for the gain he could personally acquire. It is said that to understand the value of life, one must broaden their minds with experience and knowledge. And in this, Petrus excelled, not only for himself, but for those who were fortunate enough to know him. In his search for knowledge, Petrus shared both adventures and discoveries, and frequently brought others along with him in that process. I was not a young man when I first met Petros, but I was astonished at the depth of his hunger for knowledge, and we shared many an evening, spent long in discussion about the gods, the afterlife, and our place in this life. All right. Petros kept his com- Go ahead. Sorry, screw you, GM. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually Why? crying, all right? I'm starting to cry here. <laughs> screw you. <laughs> It's, the minute he says the line about life and death, um, uh, Eklund's head jerks. He had his head bowed, but his head jerks back up again, and he he looks around and fixes his eyes on Kendra. Not sure if she sees him back though. Kendra is looking. Just her eyes are fixed forward, looking down at the coffin. Hey, well, I said Charlie was crying, but I didn't expect me to get tears. <laughs> <laughs> Eklund's too suspicious to cry. I'm going to continue. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Petros kept his companions as close as his family, and I see unfamiliar faces among you today, who I know to be former students of the professor. Many here have no doubt have countless stories to share of the professor's instruction, and just as each of us fondly recalls our memories of him, he remembered all those he met, counting each as a boon companion, no matter the years or distance apart. Petros Lorimer was a man with a deep love for life, born out of knowledge and discovery. He understood its importance and opportunities in determining our soul's true calling. For, as we pass Farazma's even-handed gaze, we are pronounced based on our tendencies in life, not simply an arbitrary judgment towards a faceless punishment or reward, but to join in unity with the universe itself. It is we who, through our actions in life, comprise and shape creation, for good or for ill. Professor Larimar is gone. He has left us here while he continues his adventures in the great beyond. But we may honor him by living our lives as the professor did with his same eagerness and purpose. Let us take this time to bow our heads and remember the professor as he was and recall fondly our time spent with him. May Farazma judge you favorably, Professor and my friend. I'm crying now. Come on. Once again. <laughs> really, screw you, GM. <laughs> Did we do something to you? <laughs> At this point, 
Father Grimsborough does look out to all of the crowd, and he says, At this point, is there anyone who has any words they would like to share about the professor? Talia can't talk. She's just crying. Uh, Eklund glances around for a few seconds, then, um, then raises his hand and steps forward. I cannot pretend I knew Lorimore well. I cannot pretend I met him more than a handful of times when I was in his, when I was essentially in his pay, but there was one journey that I remember particularly well. It was the last journey I took with him. When he went on a series of paid quests for him, discover psychic he he referred to it as psychic phenomena last journey we took with him. Most of them, some he didn't come along, and most, he would aid us, but preferred to take the back seat when it came to combat. Until the last time. And we took on a creature that I knew, I was, I will admit I feared for my life. It could have broken my mind to pieces just looking at it. And I have never seen a resolve as strong as that of Petrus Lorimore. He shook, even as even as illusions pound, even as illusions twisted my mind. I struggled to walk over solid ground because of how alien this being was. It changed reality around it. He shrugged it all off like it was nothing more than a passing rain. Then, when it counted most, attacked it, raised his crossbow, and took a shot. I will admit, I felt felt a great respect for him that day. Can't pretend I don't have my questions about the man. Some of the things that have happened in the last few hours have taken my faith in him to a slight extent. But I will always remember, even as even as it, this alien aberration attempted to take control of us, break our minds and our sanity, he never faltered saw it from an academic perspective. He looked at it as though it were just another specimen. Professor Lorimore and I were never truly friends. I had too many of my questions, and I will admit my doubts about him, even while he lived. But I will say that an eccentric genius, just intriguing personality has passed. And it's quite unfortunate. There's a lot I could have learned from him. Ted and returns back to the side to the to Talia's side. Right, screw you. Talia's crying harder. Eklund <laughs> <laughs> um Eklund just uh slides his arm into his cloak and then wraps it around her. Very hesitantly, but it's still Kendra is definitely giving you a look. You're not 100% sure if it is questioning or if it is... You can't quite tell, but she's definitely sizing you up as if she's trying to get a read on who you are. Can I try to sense motive her? Sure. <laughs> I'm gonna roll a one, watch. <laughs> roll a natural 20 for a 21. Okay. What, it's what not a she... one. That is not a one. Yeah, I mean, really all you can tell is that she is 
trying to figure out what to make of Eklund and whether or not Eklund is someone who was fond of her father or not. She's just not quite sure what to make of him. Yeah, Tully like, can't go up and talk. She looks like she wants to, but she just can't organize her thoughts right now. Okay. Well, as Eklund moves back to join the crowd, Father Grimsborough says, Thank you for, for sharing your thoughts. Uh, I appreciate it. Does anyone else have anything they wish to say? Not really. Dotha kind of raises her head just a bit, and despite, um, she, she's kind of stiff as if she's trying to hold herself together, and she, um, kind of lets out a choked chuckle. Um, is like, <laughs> well, uh, he, you know, sa- he said it all. I didn't know him for long either, but Yes, he seemed like a great person at heart, and really, um, saved us in our time of need, so, I guess. Yeah, you really said it all. Was a great person of what I knew of him. She kind of looks at the ground. I mean, he was my professor. He helped me with so much, learning about all these different races that walk Galarian, and even helped me a bit with my fear of ghosts and other supernatural things, even if I wasn't always appreciative of it. I'm not wholly sure that he and Talia realized how truly kindred spirits they were. (laughs) Wait, why are you talking about me? (laughs) I would like... Uh, green, I would like you to give me a diplomacy check for Eklund. Oh. <laughs> okay, who did, who did I pee off? <laughs> it's not who you pissed off, it's actually about how much you might have impressed people. Okay, good. <laughs> what did you roll? 17. And you, he rolled a 17. Wow. <laughs> roll no a 17 for a 17. Got it. Um... <laughs> Diplomacy, not Eklund's strong suit. No. But you do you do get the sense that uh, Eklund's words have definitely touched the people in the town. So at this point, Kendra will, will come forward, um, and you can see that she is definitely uh, holding back tears of her own. Not really holding them back. She's not openly crying, but they're still, you know, leaking out of her eyes. And she comes out and says, it's funny, because... I, I, I hear the four of you say that you didn't know my father well. I never said that. <laughs> Sorry. But at the same time, he told me so much about all of you, and how he was very impressed with you. He had mostly retired from teaching by the time he encountered you, but he still felt that there was something special about each of you. I don't know how I can sum up my father's life in in a few simple words. You knew him as a you knew him as a teacher or as a fellow scholar. I knew him as my dad. I knew him as the man who raised me, the man who was here after my mother died as the man who taught me 
to read, who taught me to learn, who taught me to love knowledge. I know that everyone here, well, I know that almost everyone here meant a great deal to him. And I just want to thank all of you for being here. And then she'll just move back. Did I do something to you, GM? <laughs> it's a funeral. It should matter. <laughs> I don't want to be crying in real life. <laughs> I didn't ask for this. Oh. Kendra finishes her her remembrances. She looks back over to Father Grimsborough, who says, well, uh, th again, thank you all for, for sharing your thoughts on the man. I believe that the reading of the will is supposed to be taking place back at your home. Is that true, Kendra? And Kendra nods. And at that point, Councilman Vashian Hearthmount, the one who you guys made fun of for the mustache, not the one who oh. looked like Fat Mario, but the, the other oh, really? one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh the Shane steps forward and goes, Yes, um Yes, Kendra, I I have your father's will. I have a few matters I need to attend to first, but uh I'll I'll be back over to your home. Uh give me about an hour. I do sense motive. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like that. I don't, I don't know why, it's rubbing me wrong. I don't do anything. I rolled a five for a total of six. Seven. Okay. Seven. Um, yeah, so neither of you are able to read anything, but it's kind of obvious that when Kendra said that almost everyone here was someone who was her, her father was fond of, you kind of think that maybe that was aimed directly at the councilman. Ah. Uh. <laughs> I might be adding Kendra's name to my list of names. Can I tail this guy? <laughs> can you what this guy? Going, can, I, can I tail him? Uh, you could try. Actually, I'm not a rogue. But, ooh, speaking of which, I want to pull Aliris aside and ask her to help me. Because she's a rogue. Um, yes, well, okay. So as people are starting to separate, Kendra does say, comes right to the four of you and says, if you'd like to, um come back over to my home for a well I guess it is my home now isn't it to my home for a drink uh, I would like you my father asked that the four of you be present for the reading of his will I guess it's probably nice to not be drunk when the will's being read All right. <laughs> not, but then goes but I don't drink with strangers <laughs> oh I'll go I'll, I'll go. Let's go. Yeah, Eklund will go too, but he will not accept any, uh, basically any beverage while he's at the home of another unless he's, like, very desperate. Okay. He would much prefer to go to an inn he knows and go out and check it for poison because he's friggin' paranoid. <laughs> Especially with the weirdos. Alright. So, the funeral will, uh, disperse. If you want to try to follow Vishane instead of going back over to the Lorimore household, you certainly do have that ability. But he has the will, doesn't he? He doesn't have it on him. Uh, like, I think that, like, that might... But yes, he's going to be the one who actually reads the will. Uh, he is basically 
the town. He is the closest thing that this town has to a lawyer. As long as so, as long as he's out of the Lorimore house, I'm not missing the will. The will reading. That is absolutely true. I'm gonna tail him. Okay. Um, I am going to add something to all of your journals. Oh no. In your guides, you are now going to see a handout which is called Ravengrove, which has a map of the city or town. It's not a city. Yeah. Uh, it also has a number of locations marked on the map. We'll worry about what all of those are later. You guys can read the document offline. What is notable right now is the Restlands, which are marked as location P on the map. Well, actually, it's to the north of town. They're not actually, you know, the, the graveyard isn't actually in the center of town. Oh. But the Restlands are to the north of town, which is, that's the graveyard. That's where you guys are right now. And then there is Lorimore's house, which is location N on the map, which is near the southern part of town. So if you were in the town square and followed the main road down to the south, you would come to their house. And what? where's the tavern? <laughs> well, there's two taverns. There's a tavern and there is an inn. The tavern is the Laughing de Demon. Mm. The Laughing Demon is location C on the map, which puts it right on the river, uh, kind of in the center of town. Not in the town square, but right, even I with see the it. town square. That's the Laughing Demon, which uh, Zokar is the owner and the proprietor of. The inn in town is known as the Outward Inn, and it huh. is location K on the map which puts it uh, also near the center of the town. Yeah. But the opposite side of the town square from where the Laughing Demon is. All right, all right. So making, you know, as you guys come back south from the Restlands, Kendra is going to follow the, is going to take the path that is not going through the center of town so if you look at the map where it says B, basically following that road to go back down to where her home is, she doesn't feel like walking through the center of town with, you know, while people are going to basically be looking and possibly going, oh, look, see, there she is, the sad woman who just buried her father. Yeah. So she is going to head that way. Anyone who wishes to accompany her would go that way. However, Councilman Hearthmount and the other councilman who was there, uh, Mirakar, both of them will go the other route through town, fall, crossing the bridge, going into the center of town, and uh, making their way there. Who's going with Kendra? Me. Okay, so Talia's going with Kendra. Is everybody going back to the Lorimore household? Kendra is going back to the household... Uh, Father Grimsborough and the grave diggers are staying there to bury Lorimore. The tavern keeper, uh, Zokar and his son, are going back to the tavern. Uh, Jominda, the the alchemist, she is going back to her shop, and the councilmen are going back to their office, their either their homes or their offices. Although Councilman Hearthmount is going to go back over to the Lorimore household after he goes and takes care of something, some business. And Eklund stalks him the whole way. And Eklund's mm -hmm. gonna stalk him. So. 
I will go with Kendra. Okay, so Zatha and Tali are going to go with Kendra. And what about Aliris? Uh, yeah, I, I think I'll go with her. You're, you're also just going back to, to their household? Sounds like a good idea. Okay. Me first, like Eklund. So, Eklund, uh, are you trying to follow the councilman surreptitiously, or do you care if he notices that you're following him? Well... Yeah, he'd probably want to be sort of hidden, because, I mean, I, 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 even though the sense motive thing wasn't good, like, I, I, I'm kind of stalking him, but I imagine I'm, Eklund's probably hanging back about 100 feet and sort of walking. So is he going back to his house? So it actually looks like the first place he's going is, because uh, he is going into the center of town. Not that you would yet know where his home is, yeah. but when he goes into town, he walks... He's walking towards through the center of town. Uh, when he gets to town square, he makes a right and is heading towards a building, which you see labeled by the sign out, out front as the Laughing Demon. Right. So Eklund's going to kind of hide. Like, he's sort of stalking behind buildings. Like, he'll just sort of stand to the side behind a building. He's got his hood pulled up and his glasses on so that they can't really see he's an Oread. Okay. And, and I mean, he's short. He's using that to uh, compared to a human, so he's using that to his advantage by like hiding behind bigger people. When they get to the laughing demon. He waits for thirty seconds before going in. Okay. Um. Go ahead and give me a stealth check. Knew it. I mean, you're trying to be sneaky. Fifteen. Okay. That's um. Eight, but I got a good bonus. All right. So rolled an eight for thirteen. Yeah. So you don't think that they're. It, Either they don't notice you, or they're just not paying any, or he's just not paying any attention to you. And yeah, so he walks into the to the tavern, goes up to the bar. The tavern keeper has not yet made his way back yet. Uh, Vashane was actually walking faster than him. Uh, the councilman or the the tavern keeper was with his son and also talking to Jaminda, the the alchemist, mm. and. Uh, so he goes up, there's someone else behind the bar, and you see uh, the councilman ask for something and be served a glass of something that is a dark brown color. And he just knocks it back quickly. This guy's reading a will, though. He will be, yeah. Doing shots before he reads a will. Yep. And then he doesn't... You know, people like, wave to him, and he greets them and waves back, but he doesn't really stop to talk to anyone. Then after he has that drink, he then turns and starts walking back out of the tavern. Still following him. Okay. Uh, he will go back to the north part of town, go across the bridge, and then vanishes into a house, which, if you're looking at the house, um, or looking at the map, it is uh, M1 on the map. It's his house. Uh, yes. Not that you know that yet, but yes, that is his Yeah, own. but I read it. Yep. So, Eklund, he doesn't want to go in someone's house, but is there any way he could, like, snoop around the outside, like, trying to figure out what room he's in? Um, you don't even need to snoop. Uh, a few minutes, or, like, a few moments after he goes in, and if you're staying that far back, you'll see, uh, that one of the upstairs rooms was dark because this was evening when you guys were here you see that a lantern is lit in that room and you see his shadow moving over to a desk uh, that is near the window okay 
I mean, it's there's a curtain, so you can only make out an outline, but you can definitely make out that that is the shadow of a man. And well, maybe he's just. Holden's just gonna. You see those two buildings out in front of it? I think that's what those are. Mm-hmm. Gonna stand behind one of them so he can still see the uh, light on, but he can duck behind it if he, if he needs to and be out of view. Dear Lord, Eklund. <laughs> so if you wait for him, um, you'll see that he spends probably 20 or 30 minutes at that desk. Uh, he's doing. You see. You see his hands moving. Um, it's possible that he's writing something, but you know, obviously, you're looking through a you're looking through a curtain and you know backlit by lantern light, so you can't tell exactly what it does. But you see him shuffling some papers. You see a quill be lifted a few times, and then you'll see him reach reach into the desk. He pulls something out. And then you'll see him go over to the lantern and uh, blow it out, and it gets dark. Okay. And a few minutes later, you see him coming back out of the home. And he then starts to walk down the south, or down that same path to the south. Just, I'm just following him wherever he goes. I'm assuming from your telling that he's just going to the house now. Yep. All right, so during this hour, while Eklund is being a spy, or trying to be a spy, back over at the Lorimore household, um, Kendra in, you know, brings the three of you into the house, immediately goes to a very well-stocked bar behind, you know, in, 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 a, in the sitting room, and looks to you and says, ah, I need a drink. <laughs> what, would you, what would you like to drink? Um, do you have wine? I have lots of wine. Some wine would work then. Let's see. Uh, sure, this was imported from Agorian. It's a good Chalaxian vintage. And she'll go and... You can see that the uh, wine is still... There's still a wax seal on the bottle. <laughs> and she will break the seal. And grabs two goblets and starts to pour them and then looks over to Illyris and Azatha. And you? Just waterworks. I'm fine, thanks. I didn't exactly have clean water. Alright, there's a... Eh, I mean, medieval times they didn't have clean water. This is a magical society that has, uh, you know, the create ability water. to cast create water. So, <laughs> so yeah, there's a, there is a crystal pitcher with uh, sparkling water, and she will get two glasses and pour two glasses of water and two goblets of wine and hands them to you. Uh, sorry, we don't... Despite the size of the home, we don't really have servants. Dad never saw a need, and neither do I. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. So, um... So... Great to see you two again. Looking over at Azaf and Alirus. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, it's nice to see you two. How have things been? Uh, uh, fun. Good, I guess. Like, entire year, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, did you guys go on any crazy adventures? I could say that. Somewhat. Oh. 
I kind of glance over at Lyris and like, eh, a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no big deal or anything. Yeah. I, I didn't Just... do anything too crazy. Ah, uh, yeah. That makes that makes sense. Uh, but what did you do? Um, well, I went back to study a little bit more about people and other races, then went on to uh, go travel a bit in Varigia, because uh, that's where the main followers of Desna are. So, well, you know, was just wandering, this, wandering some common, you know, like trails and stuff, finding people to just ta chat with. Um, and then I found a group of gnomes that I uh, got to hang out with for a bit. She pauses, takes a drink of the wine. This is really good. Thank you. Yeah. Kendrin kind of nods. You notice at this point that she has already finished her goblet and is pouring <laughs> herself a second one. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, new feelings, new feelings started happening. Ah. Uh. Yeah, she's saying this with a bit of a blush on her face. Ooh. <laughs> Zappa smirks at you and like, huh, interesting. Shut it. <laughs> oh, Chris? Yeah? I don't like what that ooh was about. It's not. Did you, <laughs> did you go fall in love? Oh, uh, I didn't hear the last thing you said. Did you go fall in love? Not maybe not really kind of it's wait, confusing wait, wait. i'm sense wait do, is this like a if i were to sense motive would i get more of like a she doesn't know how she feels or she's trying to hide something i don't know <laughs> you're probably confused all right got it of character i am laughing so much right now <laughs> this is great this is great I've been talking for a bit. You, you guys tell me, what did you do? Well, I want to show you something that I am very proud of. I have this cloak. I can see. Yes, it is very colorful and big. Do you like it? Do you like it? Mm, yes, it's quite pretty. I mean, I don't know if it's right to wear to a funeral, but it's pretty. Well, what else was I supposed to wear? The, the black! I don't have anything black, okay? <laughs> I literally went out and bought something black for this! Oh, no I didn't. I just have this giant cloak. And it's very important because I need my bread at all times. You have bread? Yes, I have bread. You have, like, garlic bread? Um, maybe. It might also be dirt. Depends. What? Dirt? Yeah, that's the thing. So I can either get bread from my pockets, or dirt from my pockets. I I'd rather have bread. Oh, okay. Can I just get some bread then? Sure. Help. Well, you can try. You can reach into your pocket. Oh no. I will reach into my pocket and hopefully get bread. Why don't you roll me a d6? Okay. No. A five. Okay. Uh, you reach into your pocket and, in fact, pull out a loaf of bread. Or half a loaf of bread. As she's reaching into her pocket, I kind of look at Talia and it's like, you should have seen the time where she took, um, she came out with a handful of dirt and stuffed it in her mouth. 
<laughs> the look on her face. <laughs> it was on more than one occasion. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you ate dirt? Okay, I'm not proud of it, but yes, I ate dirt. <laughs> Um, if you guys look over, you will notice that Kendra is not participating in the conversation, but is definitely listening to you, and has a bit of a smile on her face as she's sipping her wine. Uh, I mean, why am I not surprised you eat dirt? Yeah? That's the question. Well, um, I don't know. <laughs> a lot of crazy stuff happened, you know? Uh, travel a little bit. Got in some legal trouble, you know, the usual. Stuff like so, that. were you guys hanging out together? Uh, yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, lucky. Yeah, we went, um, just adventuring a couple towns a bit, you know. <laughs> you guys are lucky. And I, uh, I bought a chicken. You bought a chicken? Yes, I bought a Why? chicken. Why? Where did you buy a chicken? Because I was lonely. I mean, <laughs> I wanted, I wanted a chicken, so I bought a chicken. I just passed right. this guy, and he had a bunch of chickens, so I bought one. Talia, about this time, as you are finishing your wine, you notice something in the bottom of your goblet. Oh, on the bottom. Like inside the where the wine was, but it's not wet. It looks kind of like a playing card. Ah, no! I'll grab the card. Okay. When you pull it out, Talia, you see that it is a Harrow card. Oh, Harrow. That makes This card is the Betrayal. I thought I was done with this crap. The Betrayal is a Crowns card. Wait, what's the Crowns? The crowns are the ones that you can spend a crown card to re-roll any d20 roll you've just made. Oh, nice. And what's its alignment? So, the Betrayal is the neutral evil card of Charisma. It represents selfishness and envy. Oh, no. A neutral evil card can be used to channel negative energy. Oh, no. Which can either be used to heal undead or to inflict light wounds. Oh, no. You do, however, notice that the way it was stuck inside your card, or stuck inside your goblet, it was upside down, which suggests that it would be reversed in terms of its meaning if that was part of a Harrow reading. Oh. So perhaps instead of selfishness and envy, it would represent being giving and selfless. Being content. Aw. Oh no. But yeah, so that, that, that card is was in, in your in your drink. Oh no. That's weird. Oh neat, you got free stuff from a cup. <laughs> Guess that's fair. Yeah. Um, Kendra? Uh yes. Did you put a card in my drink? No. Oh no, I thought I was done with this crap. I got a call. Maybe it was in can I have another cup, please? Of course. And Phil. Oh, uh, hey, I have a question. Yeah? Uh, can I have some of what she's having? I want free stuff, too. <laughs> I mean, Kendra will happily get you a, another another goblet and pour more wine for you. Ooh. 
Alright, I will just, like, chug that cup. Okay. At the bottom of that cup of wine, you see the pewter of the goblet. You just see the goblet. There's yeah. No, she's tired of this. And she sits in the cup saying, Kendra, I don't know if your dad told you this story, but back on our first adventure for him, we found a weird hero deck. He mentioned. Then, yeah, in the last adventure did of him, we all drew a card, and the card was magic, and it did weird stuff. All right. I thought I was, and then the deck disappeared, and I thought I was done with this. But apparently, as she reholds up this card, I'm not. I'm sure that if these cards are appearing, there is a reason for it. Yeah, and I don't like that. That's what I don't like. I'm sorry. I, I, I... No, no, it's, it's fine. It's not your fault. I'm just saying this isn't good. Maybe it was in the wine bottle. No, it, that, that doesn't make sense. It had to have been magic. It wasn't wet. It might. Even though I'm not there, can I ask if it's, uh, if it's, like, wine ruined, or is it, like, pristine? It wasn't even wet. Uh, yeah, it couldn't have been in there. It wasn't wet. This is a magic. Commences Ghostbusters theme. <laughs> Alright, I'm sorry, Kendra. No, I didn't mean to get you dragged fine. into this. I'm sure it has something to do with my father. Probably. Uh... Just, just, oh my god. Uh, also, can I tell you something funny, Ilyaris is off of Kendra? Sure. Kinda funny, I guess. Yeah? Um, while I was coming here, I was kind of hoping that it was just some weird thing the professor did to get us back for another quest. You know, little part of my brain just holding out hope for the, oh, maybe this is just, you know, he knew that we wouldn't come back willingly, so he had to get us here for a reason. Making us think something. So, you know. That would have been nice. I don't know. It's just weird brain trying to think. <laughs> oh, you don't yeah. know how much I would have wished it was true. I would have been ticked, but so happy. It is about this time that Aww. there is a knock at the door. Talia flies over and gets it. Is that Eklund? Help. Me sitting over here just chewing off the corner of my computer. What? When you open the door, it is Councilman Carthamount. He is there, and he is holding a oh, uh, a scroll tube, which appears to be sealed with wax. And he is, is how old does it look? Not very. Like how old was it? Sealed? I mean, it's it's dry. All right. It, but it doesn't look ancient. I mean, it looks relatively recent. So he'll he'll look around and go, uh, uh, Kendra. I I thought. We're going to have to wait until uh, the other one arrives. Uh, the, the professor was quite adamant that everyone be present for the reading of the will. Uh, Eklund just pushes him aside as he comes into the room. Oh, there he is. Mildly disgruntled because we can't figure out what the guy was doing, but he feels <laughs> like the spy work didn't really work. He attitude much. He just kind of, he's like, bam! I don't know. It's got you so upset. Oh, and also he's taken his hood down and his glasses off before he came in, so that uh, what's his face wouldn't put two and two together and realize that Eklund had been stalking him. He says, "Well, well, well if everyone's here, then uh, shall shall we gather in the sitting room and I'll I'll go through the through the document." Sure. All right. So Kendra will sit down on kind of a love seat. Uh, there is a sofa. There are also a couple of 
comfortable uh, chairs that you can sit in. Leo just sits in a comfortable uh, chair. You will notice that Kendra had poured herself a third goblet of wine before coming into the room. If I could have gotten a third one before coming in, that would have been great. She would. Yeah, I'm good. I have bread. Eklund looks at the wine longingly, but he's going to keep his restriction and not drink while he's at another's house. Eklund. 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 Kind of blinks toward you. Would you like some bread? He turns his head a little bit. Eklund, would you like some bread? Long pause. Finally, he just goes, do you have Do you have any with raisins? Possibly, <laughs> if that's allowed. Oh, it's certainly allowed. You can try. What's wrong with you? I will try then. Why don't you bounce me another d6? You uh, you reach in and you pull out a rich, uh, heavily on the egg and the batter bread that has raisins in it. It resembles it resembles challah. If uh, anyone is familiar with that kind of bread, but it's challah with raisins. Eklund does not normally, like, he doesn't even normally cry or or show, like, snot or, like, any, like, liquid from him. But you notice him a little bit. <laughs> Kendra is looking at your cloak with just kind of a look on her face. What is wrong with you, Eklund? Why do you like raisin? Uh, there's no problem with raisin. All bread's good bread to me. Not if it has raisins. If you don't mind. Uh, I, I, I'm very busy. Uh, can we can we get Sorry. on with the reading of the will? Yes, of course. He then hands Sorry. the scroll case over to Kendra. Kendra, you can see that your father's seal is on that case. Uh, would you confirm that, in fact, that the seal is unbroken? And she looks at it and goes, yes, of course, it is. Very well. And then he will take this the scroll, ba- the scroll tube back. He breaks the seal and opens the case. As he does, there is a key that falls out of the tube and clatters onto the table. Oh. And uh, the councilman just kind of looks at it briefly, but then doesn't say anything, unfurls the scroll and starts to read. Ah, uh, ah, Petros Lormel, being of sound mind, do hereby commit to this parchment my last will and testament. Let it be known that with the exception of the specific details below, I leave my home and personal belongings entire to my daughter Kendra. Use them or sell them as you see fit, my child. Yet, beyond the bequeathing of my personal effects, this document must serve other needs. I have arranged for the reading of this document to be delayed until all principals can be in attendance, for I have more than mere inheritance to apportion. I have two final favors to ask. Oh, no. <sighs> of course he does. No, of course. Of course. As she takes a long sip from this goblet. To my old friends, I hate to impose upon you all. Zatha just raises her eyebrows. But there are few others who are capable of appreciating the true significance of what it is I have to ask. As some of you may know, I have devoted many of my studies to all manner of evil, that I might know the enemy and inform those better positioned to stand against it. For knowledge of one's enemy is the surest path to victory over its plan. Did it just say knowing is half the battle? Essentially. <laughs> you know what the other half One of my favorite quotes. No one is half the battle, but do you know what the other half is? Battling! <laughs> and so, over the course of my lifetime, I have seen fit to acquire 
a significant collection of valuable but dangerous tomes, any one of which, in the wrong circumstances, could have led to an awkward legal situation. While the majority of these tomes remain safe under lock and key at Lapstadt University, I fear that a few I have borrowed remain in a trunk in my Ravengrow home. While invaluable for my work in life, in death, I would prefer not to burden my daughter with the darker side of my profession, or worse still, the danger of possessing these tomes herself. As such, I am entrusting my chest of tomes to you posthumously. I ask that you please deliver the collection to my colleagues at the University of Lapstad, who will put them to good use for the betterment of the cause. Yet, before you leave for Lapistat, there is the matter of another favor. Please delay your journey one month and spend that period of time here in Ravengrove to ensure that my daughter is safe and sound. She has no one to count on now that I am gone, and if you would aid her in setting things in order for whatever she desires over the course of this month, you would have my eternal gratitude. From my savings, I have also willed to each of you a sum of 100 platinum coins. <coughs> wow. Eklan chokes on a piece of bread. For safekeeping, I have left these funds with Embrith Darmed, one of my most trusted friends in Lapistad. She has been instructed to issue this payment upon the safe delivery of the borrowed tomes no sooner than one month after the date of the reading of this will. I, Petrus Lorimore, hereby sign this will in Ravengrow on the first day of Calistral in the year 4711. <coughs> and he mm. just looks at it and says, and that's all that it says. Is now I've done choking on wine. Wait, on the what of Calistral? The first. I thought, you said, I thought you said the 31st for some reason. I was like, wait. <laughs> well, the 31st would be 13 days from now. Um, yeah. But but there is no 31st of that month, so I was like... Yeah, today is the 18th of Calistral. So he only wrote this version of his will 17 days ago. When did he die? Uh, you don't know that yet. Um, Kendra? Yes. This is gonna sound really kind of rude, but, uh... When and how did he die? She kind of gives a look over to the councilman and says, Thank you for coming, Councilman Hearthmoon. Is there anything else? No, if you are satisfied with the contents of the will, uh, that is all that I have to do here. Thank you very much for completing your duties, Councilman. Let me show you to the door. And she just kind of gives you a look that says, I will happily tell you, talk to you about this as soon as he is gone. I mean, with that councilman, I'm kind of like, don't let the door hit you in the rear end. Uh, so she walks the councilman to the door. She does leave the will uh, sitting out on the table. Uh, I have put a copy of it in your journal so you guys can go back and reread it at your leisure. Is it leisure or leisure? It's either. You can say it either way. So Kendra walks him over to the door and then when she comes back, before she gets back to the sitting room, she stops at the bar again, and this time pours herself three fingers of a dark red, almost opaque liquid. That seems really strong. Yes. Uh, 
dark red, almost opaque. Those descriptions not only apply to alcohol, but also blood. They do. Although, oh. as soon as she uncorks the bottle, you can smell the brandy. Um, it is a it is a very wait, alcoholic, wait. very fruity brandy. Wait, 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 can I get some, please? <laughs> Echo, no, Echo just grabs you by the shoulder and goes, no. Yes, she says, kind of elbowing him. He goes, I, I'm not he goes, I'm not carrying a drunk fairy out of this house. Oh. Then don't. Fine. She looks at all of you and says, You have questions. Yes. My father was found dead on the 2nd of Calistral. What? It's almost like he knew. It's almost like They found him outside of the nearby Harrowstone prison. Oh, no. That's on the map. He, uh, he had... It looked like he might have been trying to climb one of the walls. There was a block that had been dislodged from the wall, and it, uh, his head was, uh, crushed under the, under the stone. Oh. Oh. Rafa is, like, leaning forward. Just like with her chin in her hands, just thinking about this. She uh, she takes a, a sip from her drink. So yes, he apparently wrote this version of his will uh, the day before he died. Clint goes, can I think out loud for a second? Go ahead. As the, pardon me for putting it bluntly, but it's as though he knew this was going to kill him. It's as if he realized that whatever he was doing the next day, he may not come back from. I think that's likely. Can I please have whatever you're having? She just passes the bottle to you. And I will pour herself some. Look, I am in no condition tonight to even start to think about whether I want to sell the home or stay here in Ravengrow, but... That's fine. I, I, I hope you will follow my father's wishes and remain. I can... I haven't yet failed his wishes. Not gonna start now. There is the outward inn. There, it's... I've been told it's a very nice place. The food is very good. Their proprietress is... I wouldn't say a friend, but I, I've known her for a long time. And uh, she's quite a quite a good performer, but in any case, the inn is there. It is recommended as a place, but I would also like to go ahead and offer my hospitality to all of you. She kind of gestures around. This house is large. It's much bigger than my father and I ever needed. There are plenty of guest rooms. I can offer rooms for you to stay here as well. I think I would prefer to stay here. Eklund goes, I don't know, he goes, I'm sorry, but I don't know how any of you can stand sleeping with a box around you. I'm outside. As you wish. Alright, you're an idiot, Eklund. But, I mean, he's not going far. He's basically, he's basically just camping himself, like, slightly north of the house to make sure that everyone's okay. 
Talia, but <laughs> that's not important. I mean, there's plenty of room near the house that you could just camp out outside. He's also putting himself so that he can watch the councilman's house across the river. If, uh, I suppose she looks at the key, which has just been sitting on the table since it fell out of the... I suspect that, uh, that key is to my father's chest. Let me go fetch it. And she will leave the room and you hear her footsteps going up the stairs. Talia will chug the rest of her drink. Hecla just buries his head in his hands, then reaches out and, because he has no manners, instead of, like, cutting himself a slice of bread, he just rips a handful off the top and shoves the whole thing in his mouth at once. Oh. Listen, I'm gonna be staying here. I don't need to go far. I can get drunk if I want. Hecla just goes, you are going to be so hungover tomorrow. I don't care. What about Alyris and Azatha? Are you guys going to stay in the home, or are you going to uh, go get a room at the inn? I'll, I'll, I'll stay. I'll stay too. Here. Okay. Probably best not to split us up. Okay. Yes. A few minutes pass, and then Kendra comes back down the stairs. She is holding a chest that is made of oak with iron bands. It's not large. It looks maybe three feet in length by maybe a foot and a half high and maybe a foot and a half deep. And she sets it down on the table where it hits with kind of a heavy thud. And she kind of looks at the, the chest nervously, picks up the key and holds it out towards you and says, you would like the honor of opening the chest. I'll do it. Okay. And she goes, yes, before your hands are shaking too hard from drinking to turn the key. <laughs> Shut it. As you take the key, you put it into the lock on the chest, and it fits perfectly. Uh, it turns smoothly, and there is a click as it unlatches. Within, you can see that there are five books. Four of them look quite old. One of them is sitting on the top with scratched into its leather cover the phrase read me now would i be able to detect some kind of magic coming from these books you can certainly try all right is that like a check or a spell or i would like to do that too um it is not a check actually it is just a you just cast the spell right and if there is a magic aura, it is... You can immediately tell that there is a magic aura, if there is one. The only thing there would be a check for is if you're trying to figure out what the magic aura is to, like, figure out, well, what spell has been cast. But whether there's magic or not, there's no check. You just immediately would. And looking at it, you would not detect any magic coming from the any of the books in the chest. All right. Well, Talia will close the chest, relock it for now. Okay. Kind of like pull out a, I don't know, like a chain. Okay. Something. The key on it and like put it around her neck. Okay. And like tuck the key into her outfit, like safekeeping. We'll, we'll mess with the books tomorrow. Very well. Um, well, in that case, I suppose let me show you 
to your rooms. And uh, I'm going to warn you, uh, sometimes I do scream at night. So just... Uh, Why? You know, sometimes if I hear other creatures communicating, I will join in. Just go and warn you. <laughs> Have none of you ever heard a fox scream before? <laughs> no. <laughs> he, he mutters something. He mutters something about city dwellers, then stops outside. What? What does a fox screaming sound like? I've never heard it myself, but I hear it sounds like a woman screaming. I'm not going to demonstrate it. I mean, I happen to do it. I happen to do it. Just, just warning you, okay? <laughs> Kendra will lead the three of you upstairs to a number of well-appointed, comfortable rooms. They're slightly musty in that, you know, you can tell that they don't have all, you know, they don't have servants. They're not regularly cleaned. There probably aren't a lot of guests who use them, but they are clean. It's not like they've been sitting locked up for years. But the beds are comfortable. They're well-made. And then she will just kind of turn as you, as she shows you and says, well, then I will see all three of you uh, in the morning. Yeah. Eklund, you go outside of the home. You go and basically set yourself a little camp so that you can watch the councilman's home, but also so that you can easily keep an eye on the house. It's basically just Eklund hanging in a makeshift hammock out of a tree. Okay. As you relax into your hammock and look up at the foliage on the trees, one of the leaves kind of falls off of the branch above you and lands on your face. As you reach up <laughs> to grab it and you know push it off of your face, you notice that as you pick up the leaf, it is no longer a leaf. Ooh. Tarot card. And as you look at it... Oh, guys, don't grab one. I'll pick up here next time. <laughs> can you tell us what your card is? The Rakshasa. The Rakasha? It's got a crocodile head. In D&D, they have... Oh my god, is it sitting on a naked person? That's disturbing. Wearing modern clothing, too. The Rakasha is a books card. Books cards can be used to recall a spell that you have already cast or to gain another use of a special ability that is otherwise limited. Oh, like Yo. the magic stone thing. My magic stone thing. Very similar. Um, the Rakasha is the lawful evil card of intelligence. It represents domination, mental control, and slavery. A lawful evil card can be used to give another creature a command as the command spell. And it can even affect undead who are normally immune to mind-affecting effects. He just looks at the card. He he he's warring with A. He thinks it's disturbing and he's not evil. But B, he does like the idea of having like more power. So he instead simply crumples it in a ball and throws it in his bag. Then flops over, muttering and tearing under his breath. Maybe I can sleep now. Might sleep. As you toss the card away with the image of it still fresh in your mind's eye. We're going to go ahead and stop there for this episode. Aww. Oh no. So until next time, keep an eye open for mimics, never feed a goblin, and something something dragons.
Something Something Dragons uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited for charging for you to access or use this content. Something Something Dragons is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Carrion Crown, The Haunting of Harrowstone was written by Michael Cortez. If you like what you're hearing, come check out our other shows on Twitch and YouTube, Untold Stories Project. Also, drop us a review in iTunes or Google Play. It really helps people find us. You can also join our Discord server at Untold Stories Project, or send us an, an email at untoldstoriesandgames at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.